we're going to light our candles here. The first one I'm going to light, you guys, I don't know if the word Christ bothers you, but I'm going to use it a lot lately. It is the reason for the season. Uh, but I'm going to light our Christ candle. Now here's the deal about the Christ candle. As I said before, Christ in unity does not represent a person. It represents a consciousness. And it's just like Buddha. Buddha is not about a person. Buddha is about a consciousness. And it's the highest consciousness. It's, a, it's higher. It's, and we're here in Advent now. And, and Advent means the coming forth of our good, of our consciousness, to awaken to the realization of health, to awaken to the realization of well-being, to awaken to the realization of oneness. And, and so I, I like the Advent season. I, I never used it before I came to Unity. And, and uh, it just gives me something to work with here and think about on my spiritual path. And so I, with the Christ candle lit, as I said, I like to think the Christ in me is awake now. I've had healings with that. So I'm going to light this little candle here from the Christ candle. And I'm going to light the first candle of Advent. And I do the Advent celebration in a different order every year depending on depending upon where i want the music and stuff and so this first week is going to be a peace and peace is my acceptance of what is peace i like to affirm is my acceptance of what is could we say that together peace, peace is my acceptance of what is that's great that's great now let me get my beautifully decorated Podium, isn't it? Oh, jingle bell. Isn't that great? Oh, it took me, you don't know how long it took me to tie that thing to that. Uh, and let me get my notes. Because just in case there's anything I could possibly have forgotten, I don't want to. Now, the metaphysical meaning of peace. Tranquility. Harmony. Derived from awareness of the Christ consciousness. Peace I leave with you, peace I give you. Steadfast affirmations of peace will harmonize the whole body structure and open the way to attainment of health consciousness, health conditions, mind and body, uh, until world peace is based on the divine law of love. Do we hear that? Until world peace is based on the divine law of love and the law incorporated into the pact of peace as well as into the minds of those who sign the pact, there will be no permanent peace. Peace is not the end of war. Peace is what ends wars. We see the difference. Peace will not uh, be reflected after the end of a war. Peace is what will end the war. Resistance is the absence or the forgetting of what is. Forgetting the good that is within me. And, and we need to pay attention that resistance is what prevents peace from <laughs> demonstrating 
in my life. It's all those stories I tell myself throughout the day. I look, I get up in the morning and I look in the, in the mirror and say, oh, I wish I was thinner. Well, that's resistance to the beauty and magnificence that I am already. <laughs> but it is resistance. And so if I look in the mirror and I say, oh, there's something wrong with me, that's resistance to my God self or to my life self or my love self. That's why when Rayessa got up here and said, hi, God, hi, God, what she's taking that from is a class I taught years ago and a practice where look in the mirror in the morning and say, hi, God, you have to smile. You have to smile when you look in the mirror and say, hi, God. You know, who can go, hi, God? Nobody. You, you can't do that. And I know some people feel that's sacrilegious to call yourself God. But why? I'm a beloved God being. G-O-D. God represents love. It's not that God is a person. Thank goodness it's not an old man when I'm looking in the mirror. It's a, it's an energy. It's a, it's a. It's, it is. God just is. We're, we made up the word to give us some common languaging when we talk to each other. The problem is your definition of God is going to be different than my definition of God. And when, when we get into resistance, oh, I don't believe in God. I, I've heard, I love when people do this. Oh, I don't believe in God. I, don't, I think you do. You talk about not believing in too much. Who talks about what they don't believe in? I don't go down the street talking to friends, calling you up to say, hi, I don't believe in this today, whatever it is. No, I call to talk about what I do believe. And so it's not that I don't believe in God, it's that I haven't yet found an understanding that works for me. Because a lot of us in our past, in our, in our history, our, our parents' version of God doesn't work for us because it's too limiting. And oftentimes it was punishing. And so therefore, a lot of people became resistant to the, even the word God or the word Jesus or the word Christ. And they, they you know, Christ was not his last name. I, I think Jesus is a great teacher. I, from the words I read in the Bible about, you know, in regards to Jesus, at least from the, the Gospels, I like Jesus because Jesus is an example of how to use this stuff to experience peace, to experience a healing, to experience stuff, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, to stop making it about me, but make it about G-O-D, the big, the big picture, let's call it. And as I, in my healing over the years, began to accept, oh, it's fine, it's, fi it's fine to use the word God. And, and it gets old that I have to explain it to people who are resistant. When, when I'm working with them, it's like, just shut up and listen. That's what I did. I shut up and I listened. And what I found was a way it could work for me so that I was no longer burdened by having to prove it to anyone. And I was no longer burdened by defining it. I was set free. It's like, oh, this is nice. I don't know what God is, but I believe it is. I've told so many of you, when I went to my mother's funeral, and I saw my mother in a casket, 64 years old, and I looked at her, and I thought, oh, my mother's dead. I don't know what to do with this. It's just too much to understand. 
And I went, that's what God is. Just too much to understand. And it suddenly became okay that my mother was dead. And that God was too much to understand. And then I was free to experience my varied interpretations of my mother's death and me in it. That was a week. That my I came to my first Unity class on Tuesday, and mother died by surprise on Thursday. And that was 25 years ago, and and so to look at the almost 26 now. Uh, you don't care about that. <laughs> you know, too many details sometimes that like, takes you out of the story. But to real, oh, it's just too big to understand, and so I had to find words that could work for me. And I resisted the word Christ for a long time because, again, my background, the church we went to, it was used as a, uh, you're not enough. You're, you're never going to be enough. You're never going to be what he is. And it's like, uh, how do you know? You know, all those people in my church, church back then, how did they know what I was going to be? Believe me, they didn't expect this. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, and so... And they didn't expect the journey that I had to take to get to this, although many of them were on that journey back then. And um, to realize, oh, it's just, it's the bigness that is. And so well, that week at my mother's funeral, I, was, I could cry when it was time to cry. I could laugh when it was time to laugh. And I was at peace with it all, and I didn't have to hurt myself. I didn't, I didn't hurt myself. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink. I'm just present. And uh, uh, and said, oh, my mother's dead. I don't know what that means. But I'm okay with it. Okay, I wish I could call her on the phone to this day. But I wouldn't bring her back. I don't know how peaceful that would be. And so, uh, but I love my mother still. All these years later, I still love my mother. And, and, uh, and I'm safe for that love. Because sometimes we think, oh, it hurts too much. To love them because they're they're gone but that's my throwing a temper tantrum because i want it to be different than it is and i you know I, I my best friend just died in july and i looked at him in the cast i was with them i actually got to hold him while he well no you know i was holding on to his leg when he died and uh, don't go no i just hold on to his leg <laughs> it was like, other people had his hands and things and <laughs> that's awful and uh uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm here a week. And, and, and so to, to, but to hold his hand and watch his face as he let go. And then to go to the, the funeral home and see him. He, he looked, well, he looked dead, but he looked terrific. They did a beautiful job uh, there. And, and so I let my friend go because this was the next phase of life. It was the next phase of our friendship. And how selfish it would be if I didn't release him. So what I looked is, how can I know God better through this experience? How can I know life better through this experience? How can I know what I call spirit and principle better through this experience? How can I know what is? And what gets so frustrating for us is, what is doesn't have words. What is just is. And to be in the isness 
Oh, I like that. I'm in the business of the isness uh, in, my, in my job. Oh, I like it. I hope I remember that. Uh, I'm in the business of the isness. Uh, but the, the isness of it all is like, oh, it doesn't have words. And if I can be, become okay with that, then I'm at peace. I see people get agitated and frustrated in the world, and clearly the news is telling us people are so resistant to the world, they're out killing each other now. They're going to the malls to kill people, going to the schools to kill people. They're going to the, you know, in politics it's all about hate anymore. It's not about trying to make a better world. It's, it's, it's about winning rather than being. Because there's so much resistance, there's so much disenfranchisement, but it takes each of us as individuals not to change them, but to shift myself so that I can become the leader of peace, the leader of joy. And that doesn't mean I can't have a temper tantrum sometimes, but my temper tantrums are no longer allowed to be inflicted upon you. My temper tantrums are no longer allowed to be inflicted upon the world I see. They're to be observed and felt. That's what feelings are for, by the way, is to be felt. And so I can realize, oh, I'm in a body. I have sensations. I have feelings. And sometimes my thoughts get screwy. And I start to think, I wish it were like this, to it should be like this. Well, if it should be, why isn't it? I can't go out blaming you for why it isn't. I have to look, am I leading the way into peace? Am I leading the way into joy? Am I loving those who have forgotten that they are divine beings? Funny, in 12-step recovery, there's all this talk of uh, defects of character. And to me, we only have one defect. We don't have a whole list of defects. We have a long list of symptoms, but there is only one defect, and that's my unwillingness to accept my divinity. It's my unwillingness to accept my light by telling myself I'm stupid, by telling myself I'm a fool, by telling myself this world is a bad place. And when that happens, I become a liar and a thief and whatever else, selfish, self-centered, in the extreme, I don't have to do that anymore. If I can realize, oh, okay, I got stuff. But my divinity is here, and it is present, and no one can take it from me. I can forget about it, but no one can take it from me. And in my divinity, I'm not out to win, because I'm not in competition. In my divinity, it's not personal. In my divinity, Life is good, and I am good in it. First time I came to Unity, well, yeah, the first at real time, the minister let me know that day that I was good. And he was talking about all those abominations to God and man. Leviticus, it's a charming book in the Bible. And, uh, but I found out I'm not one of them. The minister let me know that that day through laughter, through fun, and the reminder that was about a culture. A lot of that was about a culture in the Bible, not about mankind for the rest of all time. 
the fact that I'm a gay man who eats shrimp <laughs> and mixes fabrics. <laughs> Am I, is that to make me an abomination for all eternity? How ridiculous. How silly. And I used to be silly, thinking that was true, until I came to Unity. And it's not meant to be an ad for Unity, but that's where it happened. When I, I had suspected all this, but it was nice to hear it confirmed from the pulpit. I hope it's nice for you to hear it today. We are inherently good beings. And even the people I fear the most, the people I complain about the most, the people I criticize the most, they too are divine beings. And really, wouldn't the world be a better place if we reminded these divine beings that they are divine beings in one way or another? I wouldn't shove it in their face. You're a divine being, stop it. <laughs> but to remember, to have the thoughts, because our thoughts are so powerful, and realize, okay, I've judged. And if I keep judging, I'm going to make my world a rougher place, a more dangerous place, because I'm going to maintain the confusion, and I don't want to do that. Well, you know, it, it, that, well, many churches, and we're going to do it today, the, the final sing-along is, let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with who? Exactly. That is a prayer. That is not an indication that the service is over. A lot of people take it, oh good, the service is over, the peace song is playing. Uh, no, it's, it's a prayer. It's a final reminder prayer. Today when we do it, let there be peace. And Charles Fillmore, Unity's co-founder, he, he, when he sings, let there be peace in earth. The body being the earth. And let it begin with me. And they did the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy, thy will is done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will is done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, earth being the body, heaven being the highest mind within us, not a place up there, but in earth, in heaven. And, and so to, to realize that what it all comes down to is my interpretation so if I want to, I'd like to go through the rest of my day, and I hope I remember to remember, oh, there is divinity in me. I accept my divine self. I don't know what it means, but in my acceptance of it, I'm going to make new choices. I'm going to say new words. I'm not going to care if a phone goes off in the service. I am going to, I never do actually. Can I get up here and talk about this and yell at somebody because their phone went off? No. I... I come to my divine self. So I encourage you as you go through today and, and all the upcoming days to, to ask, am I expressing my willingness or my resistance? Am I? Because every time you criticize yourself, you're working at resistance. And when that happens, you don't get to have the peace that you are promised. You don't get to have the peace that passes all understanding. And we're not talking about being nice all the time. We're talking about being conscious, being aware. We can make ourselves sick trying to be nice. Oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Oh, I, oh, I, I ate them, but I can't say that. That's like, 
Acknowledge it. I think I hate them, but I don't want to. I taught this uh, to, to a congregant's son once. They went to lunch with him because he was so mad at his mother. And I said, here's the deal. Nobody wants to hate their mother. I understand why some of us do. But nobody wants to hate our mother. Because I used to think I hated my mother. The truth is I loved my mother. I just didn't know what to do with who she behaved as. I was a child, and it's like, oh, here's this monster coming at me. And I realized, oh, as I got older, I want to love my mother. So I made a choice to, and I walked into her house one Christmas when I went home, and I hugged her. And she melted, and she loved it. And from then on, she became a great mother to me. See, I changed my mind. And then my brother one time said to me, you keep saying she's changed. I don't see it. I said, you're right. I don't know if she has changed, but I have. So she's different to me than she is to you. And he went, hmm. It never got peaceful between them because he didn't change. But uh, we, we have the choice. Love thy enemies, we're told. What's our biggest enemy? Our thoughts. Some days, not the people, but they're thinking about the people. And so, one people at a time. Let's see if we can bring about peace. One people at a time. Let it start with this people. And then, go out into our, our the world we perceive. Not the world we see, but the, the world we perceive. I'm going to read one thing here. Wire's going to sing I didn't break that surprise. Uh, <laughs> so I have this book I love. It's called The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament. And, the, and it's the book books uh, Genesis through Revelation. And this comes from the book of Luke. I think it's chapter 6. It says, Everything that you see and experience, you see and experience through the filter of your mind. Anybody resistant to that? Okay, good. There can be no exception. This is always true. This is why you can see or experience something in one way and have one opinion or belief about it, and another one can seem to see or experience it in another way and have another opinion or belief. All of this seeing is occurring through the ego mind, which does not see at all. It interprets. My ego interprets. It doesn't see. Uh, and so it doesn't mean, I'm, yeah, don't get me wrong, don't hate your ego. We just need to come from a uh, super conscious place instead of the egoic place. However, the ego mind is itself a seeming split apart from the Christ mind, which is one. Since the ego mind is a split or fraction, its, excuse me, its perspective or viewpoint is not whole. Since it is not whole, it is not knowledge, which is why it interprets. But the ego mind is not aware that it interprets. It believes it knows. Have you ever been one of those people? You knew you were right, but you also knew you were so wrong. You just knew you were right, and yet you were wrong. Years ago, in our, when we had a place in, in Florida, we had to send something back that, had, that was delivered broken. And we had to get to the airport. And I had to get to Waffle House before the airport. And so I was in a hurry. And, and David was saying, well, let's get down to the front desk. They, they'll have tape. And I said, no, they won't. And he thought he'd pull this new thought crap on me. And said, 
is it possible that they could have tape? And I said, no. <laughs> they had tape. Oh, sure they did. <laughs> That's not the point of the story. <laughs> But the ego mind is not aware that it interprets. It believes it's no, it knows. This is why ego minds seem to conflict. Each one merely interprets without knowledge, but mistakes its interpretations for knowledge. Knowledge cannot conflict for it is whole. Interpretation cannot conflict since it is not knowledge. It can only seem to conflict, but that is a conflict of illusions or unreality, which is no conflict at all. Everything you see and experience, you see and experience through the filter of your own mind. I was hoping to get through before that, but no. In order to find peace, one must abandon interpretation and remember knowledge. And this is the process of learning. I've taught in unity that God is knowledge itself. God is intelligence itself. God is power itself, presence itself. Gang, together, let's accept our divinity. Not our religion, but our divinity. Let's go ahead, take this season as an opportunity to say, oh, there is good in me and there is good as me. And this is my opportunity to demonstrate it. I thank you so much for kicking off the season with me. Thank you.